The cranberry sauce. We're having mashed potatoes. Ooh, the turkey looks great. Thank you for loving me. Glenn. Thank you for being there. Please. Thank you for loving me. Oh, God. Everyone's thanking. From the Mid-South Dance Studio in Mississippi, Rooster Production presents Under the Water Tower, sponsored by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Derek Biglane and Matt Crane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. So how was your weekend? Oh, man, it was uh, absolutely nothing. We did nothing. Second week in a row. Yeah, we have nothing. I mean, it was uh, Saturday, did do some stuff around the house, didn't really leave. Uh, Sunday, I'm, I'm assuming... I don't know if a lot of people did anything. Miserable, cold, raining. Right. First real real good cold front coming through for the wintertime, and I'm um, just glad I was inside and just enjoying some Saints football. Who that? Yep, exactly. Saints uh, win their seventh in a row. Uh, Saints are playing some darn good football. I know there was an event this, this past weekend – we, we weren't able to go. I know you, you weren't able to go. Um, I, I know the people that did go had a really good time, so uh, an event this weekend, and, and I know that uh, that was fun. You know, just not us, not the Cranes, not this particular weekend. Not the big lanes either, but we got Thanksgiving coming up, which we'll talk about in just a moment, and uh, looking forward to uh, just uh, you know having a kind of a small weekend with family, but a, a good weekend. Yeah, before we get to talking about that, Derek, I want to remind everybody that Under the Water Tower podcast is brought to you each and every Tuesday and Friday by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch possesses over 55 years of combined real estate experience in the DeSoto County area when it comes to residential real estate. Team Couch has been the number one residential real estate team for over a decade. They've been together now for 13 years and been the number one uh, real estate team in DeSoto County for well over a decade. Give Brian or Terry a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or Find them at www.teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. Brian and Terry at Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Like for me to, t- to remind everybody, why would you leave your largest asset to someone that has not been in real estate very long, someone that's new to the business? Please look up Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. They've done over a thousand closings of buying and selling of residential real estate. Podcasts also recorded each and every Tuesday and Friday at the Mobile Van and Car Studio right here in Hernando at the corner of Commerce and McCracken. Mobile car van rentals, formerly Mid-South Vans. Mobile is your one-stop shop for cars, trucks, vans right here in Hernando. Please quit driving to Memphis or South Haven to rent a car. Reach out to Mobile Car and Vans. 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. You know, Derek, this will be our only show for this week. Uh, Listeners, we have decided to take off the uh, Friday show um, of this week. Obviously, Thanksgiving is this this Thursday, so we've decided to uh, spend the uh, rest of the week with our families and and everything. I know uh, most of us are off, and so we're going to take that opportunity to do some family stuff and everything this coming Friday. So this will be the only show this week for the Under the Water Tower podcast. Uh, You and I talked off air a couple of things that we want to talk about being thankful for. Definitely thankful for uh, the opportunity to, to have our 16th week with the podcast, with the Under the Water Tower podcast. People continue to listen and continue to support us with the numbers and definitely continue to uh, stop us different places around town and say uh, they enjoyed the show they enjoyed the uh, interviews whether it be with uh, Mayor Ferguson or Corey Russellton or definitely uh, Mayor Musselwhite in South Haven so definitely one thing I'm going to be thankful for this year is uh, you know what feels like a pretty successful takeoff to the show. I agree I'm thankful for that thankful for all the support we've had for the show thankful for uh, just our families you know being able uh, a lot of families I think for both of us are close 
And so I am thankful for that. And just thankful for the friends uh, that we have and, and, and for the wonderful town that we live in. It's called Under the Water Tower. We're both love living in Hernando, proud of Hernando, uh, proud of DeSoto County and all the stuff that it has done uh, up to this point and looking forward to just you know what's been a rough year, but really looking forward just to finishing out this year and starting off 2021 strong. You know, Derek, I would be doing a disservice. A lot of people that listen to our show know you very well, know you as someone who uh, likes to uh, take care of themselves. So I, I got I to ask a few questions when it comes to Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving obviously means – I mean, in the South, I mean, let's be honest, it means uh, eating, it means food, uh, it means enjoying uh, things that you don't eat uh, all the time. Real quick, turkey. Do you like fried turkey or no? No, I don't eat fried turkey. You don't like fried, like you won't even. I don't like it. I don't eat it. You would eat it, but you don't like it. No, I like it. I don't eat it. Oh, okay. Got you. You like it, don't eat it. Uh, So prefer for it to be baked, good old fashioned turkey. Yeah, I mean, I like, and again, I like white cuts of meat better than the darker cuts of meat on turkey. I mean, so, yeah. I mean, you store it away for uh, Friday leftovers and stuff oh, like I, that. I'll do that. I'll make yeah. a, I'll make a good turkey sandwich the next day, stuff like that. All right, yes. so give me um, sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes, yes. Yeah. Sweet potato casserole. You, you eat sweet potatoes, okay? Sweet potato casserole. No marshmallows. No marshmallows. Mm, okay, that's bad. Potatoes and gravy type stuff. What is your? Well, I mean, what does your Thanksgiving plate look like typically? All right, so a little bit of turkey. Well, turkey. Ham. Uh, you so like ham? I eat ham. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we've got a usually a pretty large spread now. If, up here, it's it's smaller at the in-laws, but it's 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 really good. Uh, at my home, when I go home, it's our always our family reunion, so we've got a very large spread, uh, and there's usually ham, turkey, turducken, you know, stuff like that to choose from. So you can get several cuts of meat. So yeah, I mean, I'll eat pretty much that. Sweet potatoes. I do have to challenge you. If you eat a devil egg, do you take the yellow stuff out? Oh, listeners, he is now there, looking at a, me. Well, here's here's what it is. On a devil egg, you take the, you I, I, take the yellow stuff out. I kind of oh, either squish it out or I kind of just like cut the top off and then eat it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, because sometimes let me do. Well, be honest. Sometimes it's done right. I got you. Sometimes you know people like to use like Miracle Whip over the mayonnaise or what they want, and sometimes you're like whoa, 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 or maybe too much paprika or something like that. Um, if it's done right, I'll eat it. But you know, you don't know what you're getting sometimes. You're getting that potluck. Do you? Egg. But do you feel like I mean, Thanksgiving's the one day of the year. That you probably that's that's going to be your calorie intake yeah. Super Bowl. No, I mean I, I enjoy Thanksgiving. Um, I don't eat a lot of sweets. I'm you know and that's not surprising I guess for people that know me, but I do eat like the sweet potato casserole would be a dessert. That would be your dessert. Yeah, I, I mean like with, with brown sugar pecans, it's fantastic. I mean okay. I don't know if you can get much sweeter than that even if you got a pecan pie. It's pretty. I mean, it's pretty good. No, I, I, I think the sweet potato casserole, you could probably put as a dessert yeah. and just be done with that. Kind uh, of and I, and I like, you know, I like good. Some people do banana Do you pudding. eat a roll? Do you eat one or two no, rolls? No rolls. <laughs> <laughs> no no. no I, rolls. I know, again, and I know people make fun of me, but it's just, that that's easy. I don't, I mean, if I want to eat something, I want it to be meaningful. What I, kind of I, bread I just, do you eat or no bread at all? Uh, I eat like wheat bread. Well, sandwiches. you eat wheat bread, yeah. Um, yeah, that, yeah. So that's your, that's going to be your carb. You're going to, you'll eat wheat bread over white bread or whatever yes. do you ever eat, do you ever eat french toast like if you made french toast would you make it with wheat bread or regular bread oh i'd probably make it with wheat bread because that's all we have in the house yeah I and mean, we went out to eat uh brunch a couple weekends ago and Allie got like this french toast um with like had cream cheese and strawberries i'm not gonna lie i dominated one of those it was fantastic you, got, you ate a little some of yeah, that it, it was fantastic look for you on a cheat uh, yeah, day yeah. man good for you man uh, let me so, guess you probably worked out twice that day <laughs> oh it's a oh, sunday oh it was I a sunday I, it was don't a do that I didn't do anything. Yeah, and and the Methodist Church is not meeting at this time. Were you doing like? Have you been doing Zoom Sunday school or something? No, we we, we, we unfortunately our church was shut down for COVID uh, quarantine, and so the last two Sundays we have not. Now we did during the summer, right? Uh, but did not the last two weeks. We just kind of and it was kind of hard because you guys just joined it, trying to get it out. And I, we are meeting this Sunday. I will be in town, obviously. And so we will be having it. Now I don't know what the response will be based on what everybody else is doing, but in person or Zoom. 
In person. In person. Yeah, we'll be at the church. Yeah, that's right. 29th. They're, yep. they're trying to work that back for the Methodist Church. That's, that's right. right. Well, interesting. Like I said, I, I thought I would ask some different Thanksgiving questions because most of the people... Well, what about for you? So what are you doing? Like, What are y'all doing this Thanksgiving? Low-key? Nothing. Low-key. Uh, not able to travel for a couple of different reasons now. We'd typically be at our in-laws, but not going to be able to make it this year. Um, so, yeah, we'll be in town and, and probably, I don't know, we may be looking for the uh, local restaurant rah, 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 rah. you know <laughs> we may be looking for the local uh, restaurant we don't exactly we, well, i don't know what we'll be doing i might have to just go out and uh and see what stores are open or or uh, or something so it's going to be a pretty low key just watching football and stuff like that here but again listeners you guys know us uh derek and i very well uh very thankful for uh, just the opportunity to come on and and do this and talk about autumn meetings talk about different things going on in the city uh, in the state national level uh something that we uh thoroughly enjoyed Derek and I have been able to do things together over the last decade, uh, some fairly successful things, uh, the crew of Fernando being one of them. Uh, that's been something that's been important to us for the last decade, and we feel like it's been successful, Derek, definitely. And we want to thank uh, the, the town of Fernando for continuing to support that. We'll talk a little bit more about the crew of Fernando here shortly. Uh, but, Derek, let's turn our, turn our attentions to Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, Governor Tate Reeves, um, speaking of turkey, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yikes. I shouldn't say that. Sorry, Governor. Um, Governor Tate Reeves came out with what he was going to propose as a budget for the, uh, you said July 21 through June 22 Correct. budget would be his thing. So he came out with several different things. Give us some bullet points there. All right. So the governor's budget, this is something that's released every year. He is required to release a budget. However, lawmakers are the ones that set the uh, state budget every year. You know, historically, they have seldom followed uh, the governor's recommendation or, or the majority of his recommendations. The governor set uh, for his budget a $1.17 billion budget, which is 16.1% less than this year. So the current year that we're in, which is July 1st of 2020 to June of 2021. Uh, but I do want to uh, touch on some of the highlights. Now, this is a state issue. This is a state matter. And, and you know, we don't do a lot of state news on here. But this would affect DeSoto County and uh, as it would the rest of the state. So I want to make sure we kind of touch on this. Uh, some of the things that he would like to see, the part of his budget, the press release late last week, was the elimination of the state income tax by 2030. So this is a be a gradual phasing out over the next, uh, I guess, nine years to finally have the state income tax gone by 2030. Now, that that would probably appeal to some people if that were to happen. Now, again, the legislature sets the budget, so uh, this is just his recommendation. It's also important to notice that, I mean, to note, excuse me, that the state income tax generates $1.9 billion annually. So that's a pretty big hit to be able to, you know, to replace. So, you know, what would do that? He thinks that by reducing that, you would have businesses come in. You know, people moving here because of lack of income tax. You know, that's one of the big things that the people may choose Memphis over to Soda County is because of the state income tax. Well, if that's no longer there, then maybe you're having headquarters moved to Mississippi, uh, you know, for other tax incentives and that sort of thing. You no longer have that barrier of an income tax. So he thinks it could be made up with the amount of, of businesses and, and people moving here. So, again, that's one of the recommendations. The next one is that he would, uh, in the current budget, does not show a teacher pay raise. Now, last year when the budget was passed, he did mention that he would like to see maybe a $1,000 increase in pay raise, but he says that now because of the uncertainty due to the coronavirus, uh, the fact that this budget is 16.1% less than the current budget in effect, so he did cut it by 16%. That, when you, um, real quick, when you say 16% on a $1.1 billion budget, it's $160 million. Yeah, so it's a pretty big yeah, reduction. Yeah, it's a pay re reduction. So, yeah. um, you know, so it had to come from somewhere. So he's saying that if the money is found or if we're above projections, based on income, 
uh, in that year that he would, of course, add that back. But right now it is not shown in the current budget, the, the teacher pay raise of $1,000 that he had mentioned uh, last session. Do teacher pay raises typically come from the state level, or would a county could a county potentially say, hey, we're going to give t- uh, no, teachers? No, usually it's a state level. State level. Uh, yeah, it's a state level thing. I'm not saying it can't be, you know, I mean, there's, there's people that help groups and maybe give teacher grants and stuff like that, but usually it comes from a state level. Understood. And the next one will be limited funding to schools that are not providing in-person learning due to COVID-19. Right. And again, so, this is July 21 through June 22. So right. he's looking that far out in advance saying, okay, we should be, you know. We should be open. And for some reason, you're, right. if you're on virtual only, we're going to cut your funding. Right. Interesting. Okay. Uh, the next one proposing a $3 million. This is interesting. $3 million <laughs> for a patriotic education fund. And this is to combat, and these are his quotes, indoctrination in the far left social, socialist teachings that emphasize America's shortcomings over the exceptional achievements of this country, close quote. Okay. So $3 million, not going to the teachers, not going to the classrooms, not going to technology. He would like to see it to set up a fund to combat what he believes are far left uh, leanings working their ways into, I guess, nationwide school systems and into the Mississippi school system. So, Derek, you and I, I struggled with this off air whenever we were first talking. Does the governor of Mississippi not have the ability to help with there not being indoctrination or however you just read it? Everything he's quoting, it, it seems like he would have the ability to combat that as a governor. Well, the school board sets the agenda right i mean it sets the the curriculum right i think the last time it was done was in 18 was the last time they kind of reset everything looked at everything so that's mainly where it would lie but i think that the governor would have sway to say this is probably too far left you know we're not we're no longer teaching maybe that uh all the founding fathers were slave owners therefore we should never teach about founding fathers again sure. i mean i guess that could be far left teaching um and that's i, I don't see the school board allowing that to happen uh, and so, but he wants to set us out three million dollars to make sure it doesn't happen. Again, I think it's kind of a stretch. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, and again, this is just what he it's would his, like to right, see. It's his budget. This is I, what I, do, I don't see the legislature taking this up. There've been a lot of people talking about it, and well, you know, they don't want it to happen. They would like for you know history to be history and talk from both sides. And right. you know, sure. But um, at the same time, you know, to set aside money specifically for that and not just let it run through the school board, I think people had a problem with that. Right. I'm, ju- I'm just thinking versus a talking about a three million dollar things to be quote-unquote set aside you you have the platform to question the you know the school like what's going on in your in your state from an education standpoint that's just what i was thinking now he did have some uh he does have some funds though set aside for education uh there are some for math coaches for the public schools he's looking to expand computer science programs and also to provide additional funds for workforce training so there would be some good you know i love that uh the next one will be funds for small businesses uh, that are continuing to be impacted by COVID. Again, this would be you know middle to late next summer. Uh, any any small businesses? You know they did some grants this year through Mississippi. I think you could apply up to twenty five thousand dollars from small businesses could apply this past summer. Maybe something similar to that. Hopefully, not near that much. Hopefully, we're working out of this and everything's back open. But if not, to have money set aside for that. And then finally, it would be a, a add money to go towards police training academy. The way he put it was he wanted to make sure that the uh, law enforcement in Mississippi knew that the governor backed them, uh, that the state of Mississippi backed them, and so he would add money to their police training. So not necessarily just like state troopers and stuff like that from a state level, but maybe all the way down to the local level yeah, as well? Yeah, so the actual the police academy where okay. they train uh, gotcha. to become police. Hey, circle back to two more right there, Derek. You are talking about workplace training or workforce training. That's something that's really become very important to me working with some of our youth on Wednesday nights there at the church. I work with our seniors from about March on March and April and May to they're kind of wrapping up. But so many of those kids, 
you know, college isn't for everybody. Not everybody wants to go to college. Not everybody has interest in that. Kids say, say it all the time, Derek, and you know this, having a junior in high school, just like I do, they just say, well, what do you want to do? And a lot of people just say, well, I just want to be rich, or I want to run a company, or I want to own this. Well, what do you want to own? What do you want to do? And so much of these kids don't have the direction, or they're, they don't seem to be given the direction that maybe is, is needed. So we actually have some counselors for, for Hernando High School that are going to be coming on between now and, uh, and Christmas, Derek. Uh, Miss Ann Goss and Deanna Wood are going to come on and visit with us, talk to us here on the podcast about that very thing. They work with seniors. They work with the, the school system uh, about everything from AP classes and college and uh, ACT prep and all those different things. And I uh, look forward to visiting with them sometime pretty soon you and I both know them and have known them for a very long time but very nice people that are uh, ladies that are very interested in 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 learning more and being an asset to the Hernando High School uh, juniors and seniors for sure so they'll be coming on with us pretty soon I look forward to that and and again I've got no I love that I love the people that you know not college is not for everybody and so if if you don't want to go to college um you have something else you can do I know know people at college that college was not good for yeah I mean, we all learn. You go to college, sometimes it's, you know, that first year or two is a figuring out process, and sometimes you figure out you shouldn't be there. Yeah. But having workforce training, being able to, you know, get a, a trade right out of high school, very, very important now. Mm-hmm. And companies are actually looking for that. Mm-hmm. They're not always looking for the people that may be extremely book smarter. You know, they are looking for welders. They are looking for electricians. I mean, these are these are jobs that pay pretty well once you know what you're doing. You know, so I'm, I'm all for, you know, money, state funding going toward that. No, I couldn't agree more. So, again, that was uh, a little bit of the governor's budget plans uh, for July 21 through June of 22. Again, the governor puts out his quote-unquote budget. The legislature takes some of his tidbits, some of his uh, different thing and bullet points and, and works on some different things uh, from there. And they come up, and I think the legislature starts in January. Starts in January, and we hope to have a uh, one of our uh, state senators. Uh, come in here and talk on the podcast also before the beginning of the year, before the session starts. Right, and that's something that we, um, Mayor Musselwhite, mentioned to me. Hey, you guys may want to look into um, having some help uh, with knowing what's going on in Jackson. Somebody lets you guys know what's getting voted on in this area or that represents, or I'm sorry, that affects this area. So definitely a shout-out to him for giving us that idea. So we're going to run with that. So hopefully keep us up to speed on what's going on in Jackson for the DeSoto County area for sure. Uh, Derek, something else. We had very good conversations on Friday. Uh, something that we, you and I both were excited about or definitely thought was a good thing. Uh, the changing of the wards on Friday, the war changes that had happened in Hernando to kind of make things a little bit more um, evenly distributed. Uh, voter-wise, and so we're excited about that. So, Derek, tell us, uh, I know you have some people that have already announced that are running for alderman. Give us that update. Well, we got alderman mayor. So, again, we're, we'll put this out. The official time to file will be in January. Uh, I think the paperwork, you can file the first second week of January. So there'll be more coming, uh, and I think you have all the way up until 30 days before the election. 30, uh, I believe it's 30 days before the election to uh, actually file paperwork to run. So if you want to wait that late, you can still get in if you want to. And uh, the election is the first Tuesday in April. So I guess you basically have to the first Tuesday or around the first week of March uh, to file to run. But so far, we have two announced candidates uh, in Hernando for the mayoral mayoral position. Uh, that would be the current mayor, uh, Tom Ferguson. Uh, and then uh, Chip Johnson has also come out, the former mayor, has come out that he was going to run again. So that, that so far, again, are the two uh, candidates for mayor. The current ones that have announced for aldermen. Now, this does not include some of the current aldermen. They may 
you know, 100% be planning on running again. We just have not heard from them. But the, the people that have made it known that they are running, uh, three of them are currently not aldermen. Uh, the first one would be would be Ward 4. Uh, Ward 4, we have Chad Wicker has announced that he's running for that. Uh, in Ward 3, we have Bruce Robinson uh, has announced that he's running for the position in Ward 3. And then in Ward 6, Ben Piper uh, would, is a new candidate that has announced for Ward 6. So, again, there are current aldermen in those wards. We do know that Ward 3, that Gary Higdon, uh, has, he has come out and publicly said that he is retiring. Correct. So, right now, Bruce, it, it's currently just Bruce Robinson going uh, not against an incumbent. Uh, all the other ones currently have an incumbent that have not uh, said either way whether or not they're running or, or, or not running again. So, um, But those right now, those five uh, for the different positions have formally announced that they are running. Right, and we're not saying anything other than these are just people. And when those aldermen, current aldermen, announce that they're running, they'll certainly, we'll certainly yeah, mention I mean, them. Yeah, we're going to cover everybody that right, runs, and exactly. we're going to uh, offer a spot, uh, you know, a 15- or 20-minute segment to everybody that is running in the spring are welcome to come on the show. We plan on having shows dedicated to uh, each position. And so we'll we'll talk more about that next year. But yes, we're not. This is this is just informational. Sure. Uh, and every time somebody announces the next show, we're going to go in there and let you know that they that they are running. Absolutely. So uh, pay attention to uh, those people on Facebook. I think that's maybe where they announced and talk a little bit about their candidacy and so forth. But again, we talked about it last Friday. That was a big change. Some of the announcements that people were waiting for the to see if the thing was going to happen or not happen, and it, it did. It passed, and and we're going to have new voting wards uh, in in the spring for the spring elections. Uh, Derek, something else real quick, just to catch everything up. State and local offices, a reminder to the listeners, state and local offices are going to be closed on Thursday and Friday. Uh, pretty sure on that. So if you want to get your car tags or something like that, you're not going to go on Friday. Uh, you're not going to go on Friday. But the, this coming Thursday and Friday, obviously for the Thanksgiving holiday, and then on Friday as well, they're going to be closed. So the, so um, banks and stuff will be, be back open on, on Friday, but That's not right. on Thursday. Yeah, the state the governor came out, had made a declaration that uh, state employees would get Thursday and Friday off for the Thanksgiving holiday. It's paid holidays for, for both of them, uh, for the state employees. And typically most if not all local, I guess, municipalities also follow that. So they did that, as well as the library will be closed. But, yes, banks are open. Banks are closed on Thursday, closed on that holiday, but banks are open on Friday because banks are not uh, legally allowed to be closed more than three straight days, and so they have to be open that Friday. Did that come after September 11th? It came after the actually the um, run on the banks in the 20s, uh, oh, 29 wow. and 30, when all the banks failed and crashed. Uh, you know, banks would basically, when they saw people were coming, they would just lock the doors and just wouldn't open back up, right. so they couldn't fail. Yeah. And so the government, the, the you know, one of the, a lot of the, um, uh, I guess, acts that came out of that was, you know, one of the rules was you cannot be closed for more than three straight days. Reminds me of one of my favorite holiday movies, It's a Wonderful Life, when they have mm-hmm. their own the bank. Uh, Mr. Coming Potter. up soon. Month Coming up soon, exactly. i tell you a, a business that will be open on Friday, Derek. William Services. William Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Entering this fall season, the leaves are starting to fall. Williams Services specializes in leaf removal, tree trimming, and fall cleanups. Give Richard a call at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or look him up on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Podcast also brought to you by 
The Print House, located right behind Funderburk's Pharmacy, right here in Hernando. The Print House is your one-stop shop for printing services. Whether it's business cards, banners, screen printing for t-shirts, as well as a showroom full of all your vinyl and t-shirt needs, the ladies at The Print House can help. Simply give them a call at 662-298-3105. That's 662-298-3105. Or find them online at theprinthousems.com. That's theprinthousems.com. North Point Christian School is the oldest and largest Christ-centered college preparatory school in DeSoto County. They are centrally located in South Haven, Mississippi. They serve students in grades pre-kindergarten through 12th grade. Would you like to know more about North Point? They are holding their next Preview the Point admissions event on Sunday, December 6th at 2 p.m. Reserve your spot by calling Sheila Sharon in the admissions office at 662-349-5127. Again, Sheila Sharon in the admissions office at 662-349-5127. It is now time for the DeSoto County Fact of the Week. The DeSoto County Fact of the Week provided to us by the DeSoto County Museum, Rob Long. Now, I've got a couple of people that work in there with him, and again, just does a great job curating the museum, does a great job hosting events, a great job giving uh, history facts as he drove around the square in a buggy uh, over the open house just over a week ago. And so we just, again, thank Rob for all that he does for the community. We will say it every week, but we encourage you, if you've never been to the DeSoto County Museum, please go. Please, they have new exhibits. Of course, if you've never been, they're all new, they're all new exhibits to you. But, um, you know, they've got a new wing uh, dedicated to the military. Uh, they've done a really good job. Uh, each city has its own, like, separate little history section. And so, again, if you've never been, uh, cannot encourage you more. Please go to the Soto County Museum right here on Commerce Street in Hernando. Ask for Rob. You know, when you see Rob Long, tell him that the UTW podcast sent you. And he really does appreciate uh, any and all that come. And, again, Cannot beat the admission price of free. Again, so any day of the week, uh, excuse me, not any day of the week. It's Tuesdays through Saturdays, 10 to 4. The DeSoto County Factor of the Week this week. In 1917, a group of Memphis agitated for a graveled state highway from Memphis to Winona via Hernando. So they wanted a road going from Memphis to Winona through Hernando. Years later, these plans came to fruition as the Jefferson Davis Memorial Highway was put in place. Today, we call it Highway 51. A lot of it is built on old antebellum stagecoach lines. So Highway 51 that basically goes from Wisconsin down to New Orleans. Wow. And if you've ever looked at it, and again, if I know this is you know maybe a little on the uh, nerd side for me, but if you never actually have Googled State Highway 51, you know, 55 kind of it goes up, and basically, you know, 51, I mean, 55 parallels 51 in a lot of places. They do cross a couple times, especially in Mississippi. But look at how straight 51 is. I mean, you're talking about North-South Highway. I mean, it, it – veers a little as it enters Mississippi and kind of goes, you know, slanted as 55 does and then goes to Jackson and then drops straight down in New Orleans. Uh, but again, I encourage you. Uh, but yeah, this uh, the start of the 51 highway in DeSoto County came from people in Memphis wanting a road to Winona for trade and for railway and, and for uh, rail lines. First dubbed the Jefferson Davis Memorial Highway and then eventually turned as part into Highway 51. So it, Highway 51 may have already been in Memphis, but they were just talking about trying to get it to keep going. Well, it was not known as Highway 51. Okay. Uh, it was basically they were trying to find a ray through 
a two Winona because Winona had a big trade. Uh, they had a rail line down there, so they were trying to you know hook up with that. And How, Highway eighty two, Highway eighty two, yeah, you know, yeah, east west. Uh, and so these were all again gravel roads by stagecoaches. And so they found they just they wanted a direct route, and, and Highway fifty one. That's how it was made through DeSoto County. Of course, goes through Tate, goes through Grenada, working its way down to Winona. But uh, those were basically they they were stagecoach routes that they kind of pulled together and made sure. one route. Uh, that eventually was paved and made Highway 51. Man, just amazing stuff. Each and every week, fact of the week, given to us by Rob Long over at the DeSoto County Museum. Try to get over and visit with Rob sometime very soon, Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 4. Some amazing exhibits he has each and every week to show you. He can give you a a guided tour, or he'll even get out of your way and let you wander around yourself and and take a look at different things. So just some really neat stuff, and we appreciate uh, that from Rob, of course, for what he does for us each and every week. Fact of the week this week was brought to you by Magical Destinations of Hernando. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or the tropical getaway of your dreams, Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help. They get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here in Hernando. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. Contact them at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Or find them on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited. Speaking of magic, Cookies with Santa, presented by the Hernando Parks and Recreation, coming to the Gale Center December 6, 2020. That's December 6, 2020, from 2 until 5 at the Gale Center, presented by Hernando Parks and Recreation. Adult and kids 12 and up are $3. Free admission for kids 12 and under. That's put on by the Optimist Club right here in Hernando. There will be cookies, cocoa, crafts, and especially Santa Claus. December 6, 2020, at the Gale Center, 2 to 5. Another opportunity to see Santa Claus will be on December 19th. December 19th, the crew of Hernando will be having their Santa caravan that will be coming to different neighborhoods in Hernando, uh, as well as um, stopping, as well as ending the route, hopefully down Cromer Street, uh, ending at City Hall. Direct, I guess, route, the direct path uh, of the route has not formally been established yet. We're working on that right now, uh, but it will be before the 19th. It will be put on Facebook, probably within a week to 10 days before the route happens. And again, this is a, this is a celebration for the crew, for the community. What the crew does is they adopt families uh, in Hernando. They are needy that may not have a Christmas this time of year. Uh, They send these out to different neighborhoods and allow the neighborhoods to provide gifts for this family. They collect the gifts, they wrap the gifts, and then they take them and meet the families in undisclosed locations to be able to give the gifts for Christmas or having a time by Christmas. And they do this after just kind of bringing cheer to the rest of Hernando uh, through a parade that's led by a police car, escorts the parade, uh, a police car at the rear of the parade, and then right before that, uh, the, the next to the last car, if you say it, is a fire truck where Santa himself will be riding. Uh, there will be candy thrown, there'll be beads, and just a good time had by all. So uh, this is December 19th. It'll be 9 to 12 a.m., so 9 a.m. to 12 noon. And again, if you, if you hear sirens going around, you know, loud, slow, it, you know, don't don't think it's a funeral procession. Uh, this is actually Santa Claus making his way through town, spreading joy the Saturday before Christmas. And then, of course, privately we'll be meeting families and, and giving that. So if you want to give a donation to the crew of Hernando, uh, you can reach out to the UTW podcast for that. If you're in one of the neighborhoods that receives flyers to collect for that family, 
please do. Uh, there'll be a drop-off house for that neighborhood, and we just really look forward to spreading Christmas cheer to as many people as we can on the parade route, but also specifically to those families in need uh, who we want to just wish a happy and merry Christmas. Absolutely awesome event, Derek. I can't believe it's been a decade now of doing that. I think you you and I count around 75, 80 families that we've been able to work with and, and hopefully have uh, just an amazing Christmas for them. You know, difficult situations for, for some of our uh, fellow Hernando residents uh, out there, and, and if we could bring a little bit of cheer to them, that's definitely what we were trying to do. So Cookies with Santa coming up December 6th at the Gale Center. The crew of Hernando's Santa Claus Caravan coming up on Saturday, December 19th. Two opportunities to see Santa Claus Santa Claus up close and personal, and uh, we just thank you all for the support there. Uh, we're going to turn our attention to sports, Derek, and we'll get to our biggest thing about sports here in just a minute, uh, what we're going to speak about. But uh, just to give a quick update, we've had some people reach out to us on our Facebook page, received a couple of emails regarding basketball coverage. We Obviously, we were waiting for uh, the football season in, in DeSoto County to end. Uh, that time has come. So what we're going to do is kind of regroup after uh, the Thanksgiving holiday and start talking a little bit more about basketball. I will be very honest with you, Derek, and I've decided we're not going to maybe give uh, each and every score, each and every name, or the, those type things. Uh, if, if you're sitting at one and eight, you're probably not going to get a lot of love from the podcast, but what we definitely are going to do is pay attention to uh, you know some of the more Division One talent players uh, that may be happening in DeSoto County, some of those kids that are uh, going to be moving on to play college basketball. We'll definitely be covering them, uh, and at the same time, we're going to start paying close attention to the, the region leaders uh, and start covering them and 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 giving shout outs to some of those young men and young women uh, just like we did for volleyball and football in the fall if, if any of the listeners know Derek's not the best basketball player uh, was not the the tallest by any stretch <laughs> basketball is definitely not my sport right definitely not a sport it, you it, enjoy it, basketball it would, it would like be basketball. if there was three sports it would be number four Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you would have played probably golf before you played. Uh, yeah. That doesn't mean you don't know about it. We can't cover it and talk about it, all kinds of stuff. Look, I mean, I, yeah. I've learned more in the last three or four years probably because my son's really into it. He loves watching NBA. And so, I mean, we, we talk about it all the time. And, and, you know, this has been really busy with the trade deadline right now or, or I guess, the offseason leading up to the season, getting ready for that. And after the draft, people making deals left and right. So, I'm – I try to keep up, and I'm looking forward to doing it locally. You know, as as you mentioned, we'll, we'll focus more on the teams that are that are leading, uh, and and we'll probably just do we'll re like if you play two or three games a week. That's the problem with the basketball; they they can play two or three games a week. Sure. Not really hard for us to try to cover that. But what we'll do is probably on Friday make it uh, like a, a kind of a basketball wrap up and cover the two or three games you might have played and sure. explain those scores on Friday. Right. We'll let you know. I mean, what kind of what's going on in the different teams throughout the Soto County. We'll do our absolute best trying to cover those. So be patient with us. But Derek, the most important thing that we want to talk about. Sports related, kind of wrapping up our show, uh, is just an absolute shout out to the Hernando Tigers. Traveled down to Oxford. Uh, I watched every single play on Facebook uh, the other night. Uh, had an opportunity to uh, watch that. I think maybe Rob Carter was up there uh, doing the, the Facebook Live uh, feed, from what I can tell. Man, so Hernando travels to her, uh, Oxford. A hard fault, 41 26 loss in the second round of the playoffs. Uh, Oxford moves on to travel to Clinton. For the North Championship, uh, Oxford will be playing. I think they're taking their 11-0 record down to Clinton this coming Friday uh, to take on the Clinton Arrows for the North Championship. But the Hernando Tigers were absolutely phenomenal all season long. Maybe they didn't win all their games, but definitely gave effort as hard as anybody in DeSoto County. Uh, just a wonderful job by Coach Wolf and the, the, the young men that were there. I mean, again, Zach Wilkie, Reed Flanagan, Sean Wade, 
Brody Martin. Some I'm I'm, I'm mentioning. I'm, I'm missing uh, several kids that were, were were part of the team and did such a good job. But you know, Derek. I'm, I mean, all we can say is congratulations to those young men. Seven wins on the season. Seven and five on the season. Uh, and again, going down to South Panola and getting that first victory over them. The first playoff victory in almost 20 years. Yeah, I mean, it was close at halftime. 14-12. Yep. Uh, so that you know, seventeen twelve. Seventeen twelve. Excuse yeah. me. It was fourteen twelve. So Hernando scored a pull within two, and then uh, Oxford was able to get a field goal right before the half. Correct. Seventeen twelve, and then just the third quarter. Uh, it's been. That's what they did here when they were here. That's what Oxford did when they were here. Was uh, kind of take that third quarter. Just, and just hold on to yeah, it. Just dominated the third quarter, and unfortunately, I mean, that was just it got in a hole. I think it went all the way to forty-one twelve. Correct. So, I mean, it was yes. unanswered. It was that. I mean, it was that um, seventeen twenty-four unanswered points. Uh, then finally, and one of the names you left out was Jacoby Futrell. Okay. Uh, he had a 61-yard run to the end zone with a minute 32 left. They onside kick it. Uh, Get it. They re- received their onside kick, and then that was the last Wilkie to Flanagan touchdown, I guess, of, of Reed's career. Yeah. Uh, last touchdown for Reed right there. So just a, a you know a great athlete, great all-around athlete, and just able to make that final catch for his for his high school career, and that capped the scoring with a 41-26 final. Yeah, 41-26 final. Hernando Tigers seven and five on the season. Again, first playoff victory. At almost 20 years. Uh, nothing to hang your heads about, guys. Just a phenomenal uh, season. Uh, we absolutely enjoyed covering all the DeSoto County football teams. Derek, we had a blast with the uh, mascot battle stuff. We had a, a blast with um, uh, kick things off with the Magnolia Heights Chiefs. I mean, anytime we get to talk a little Chiefs football uh, is a good time. Um, and got to meet some of the coaches both face-to-face and via email. Got to meet a number of coaches, athletic directors, and stuff like that. But some really good DeSoto County football this, this past fall. The most important thing guys young men uh was the fact that you got to play football i mean this uh, year. just and some of y'all may play you know a couple sports you know how devastated the baseball players were in the spring people that run track softball players i mean that was just that's hard i mean they you know, especially those seniors that lost the final semester of their senior year getting to play sports and so you know i know i was worried about it matt was worried about it you know several people many people were worried about it especially the players themselves and then extension of that their families worried about what was my son gonna get to play again a sport that he loves with a, a, a group of teammates that he loves there were a couple teams that had to sit out a couple of weeks but you know in the majority played at least seven games some of them ten games uh, and so just congratulations on you know doing what you needed to do to having a successful year just overall and, and being able to play. And then for three of the teams making the playoffs, uh, and then for Hernando having their first, you know, most successful season since 2001. So, again, just a great season, fellas. And, and, you know, yes, you're out and you lost to a good team. Team, you know, has got a 24-game winning streak that's going to the North Half Finals. So, nothing to, to hang your head about. And, um, you know, just congratulations. Oh, they mix it up with Oxford. I mean, trust me, Oxford knew that the Hernando Tigers had traveled down to, to 38655 uh, this past uh, Friday night. They gave them everything they could. And, and just a really good season, really good game on Friday night. And we just uh, want to congratulate those young men and uh, wish you nothing but the best going forward. So, look, Derek, uh, Thanksgiving special, again, uh, we talked about it earlier, our Thanksgiving show. Uh, we will not have a show on Friday. Um, Derek, you and I have so many things to be thankful for. The coronavirus kicks – the coronavirus happens – uh, last February starts uh, everything starts to happen in the United States, and then by March, mid March, I mean they were just it was everything was shut down. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say it's been easy, and I'm certainly not going to say it's uh, it's finished or it's over. But uh, definitely got a lot to be thankful for with our families uh, being healthy, our families, uh, you know, our, our our friends and our and our our family being healthy right now. Again, and and we're in uh, just a, a wonderful city in a wonderful county. Uh, in a wonderful state. And so, again, there's been a lot of good, bad, and ugly this year. But, I mean, 
we still live in America. Uh, you still have the choice to listen to this broadcast. You still have a lot of a lot of things. You still have you know a lot of us have the food on our tables, clothes on our bodies, and there are you know some and we we talked about that are in our our community that are less fortunate than we are. So please count your blessings. Uh, please you know just uh, be thankful for what you have, whether it's uh, a little or a lot. And let's continue to try to spread that. Uh, look for those this season, starting this season. And, and we, you know, we say it should be all year, and I completely agree with that. But it's a, it's a lot easier to find you know angel trees that have started now. I look for families that may be you know um, food insecure, and just you know just try to find you know just th- those ways to help. I mean, whether it's a soup kitchen, whether it's at the Catholic Charities, whether it's the, the Memphis Union Mission. I mean, leave the county if you need to 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 find that. But just let's t- try to reach out and touch somebody. Try to do one good thing a day. Uh, and, and just, you know, if it didn't help you, it helps that person. And, you know, if, if maybe if they don't even appreciate it, at least that you know that you tried. And so, uh, again, if that's what this is for. Uh, we should be thankful every day of our lives that we get to live this life. But especially this season, just to, again, I know that some people have been doing the days of thankfulness. You know, they kind of one each day leading up to Thanksgiving. We should do that all year, but especially this week. So I just want to uh, thank you, Matt, uh, for doing this podcast with me and look forward to doing many more. Something real quick before we sign off, Derek, uh, you and I both attend the uh, Hernando United Methodist Church. When it comes to Thanksgiving, it comes to uh, saying thank you to someone, uh, Dr. Henry Wadsworth, passing away over the last couple of days. Uh, just the uh, Wadsworth family, just so special to Hernando. Most people know uh, the gentleman we're speaking of, and uh, we just want to say um, our prayers and our thoughts are with his family. Uh, he was a wonderful member of of Hernando United Methodist Church, uh, definitely uh, sang in the choir for a number of years. I was had the uh, opportunity to sing with him a couple of times in the Christmas program. I think that's how we're going to leave it uh, for Thanksgiving, Derek, is just saying thank you to him. Thank you for being uh, a good example of, of, of a good church member. You were on numerous committees with him uh, throughout the number of years, but definitely our thoughts and prayers are with the Wadsworth family uh, in, in their loss at this time. Yeah, he was, again, those of y'all, he was the, the Wadsworth Clinic. Uh, he was a doctor in town for many, many years. His son's a doctor now. Just a great man. And, and he, he was on so many committees. Uh, he was in Rotary, a wonderful Rotarian. Did a, lo- a lot for the community, a lot that people wouldn't know about. Um, and just very sad. You know, he had, he had, he had battled some, some illnesses a couple of years ago. Of course, you know, we hadn't really been able to see anybody. He had, he had been at Rotary in the last couple months. Now, had not made the last couple meetings, but we were only meeting every other week through this. And so that's been a, you know, a good month. Didn't hear anything, you know, that he was going down or anything like that. Just got the sad news this weekend. Just very, very sorry to hear it. So we do our prayers and condolences go out to the Wadsworth family. And uh, I lost a great man, and but you have wonderful memories. Absolutely, and that's gonna that's how we're gonna end our Thanksgiving uh, show this week. Uh, everybody, uh, UTW podcast listeners, we certainly appreciate you continuing to turn uh, turn us on each and every Tuesday and Friday morning, uh, and we thank you so much for that. So, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt, and I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. <laughs>